Let's open our heart to God's Word. And so, Father, we do pray in these moments that we set aside to collectively uh, be challenged and inspired and equipped and, um, and, and strengthened by Your Word. May that happen in these moments. And may we open our heart to Your Word and, our, and Your Word to our heart, we pray in Jesus' name. Pastor Joel reminded us last Sunday that about one-third of the teaching of Jesus is in the Gospels were stories called parables. And the original uh, meaning of that word, as you break it up in the two parts that it is, uh, it just refers to, uh, it's a reference to illustrative stories thrown alongside is the literal meaning of, of that word, thrown alongside his teaching points. And Jesus did that often, didn't he? Using uh, simple and tangible things to illustrate deep spiritual truths about how he wants us uh, as his disciples to live in this broken world. And as pastors, our hope for this summer and this series on the parables that, uh, you know, uh, if you've grown up in church especially, a series like this can be, be kind of I don't know. The risk is just, well, well, I know that. I know that story. Don't let that happen. Allow and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what He wants to teach you from familiar parables to many of you. Familiar. Not everyone, but to, to those that that applies, I encourage you in this today. In this message, we're looking at the parable of the talents from Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, and we'll read it thoroughly in a moment. As we begin, we need to understand the broader context here of this teaching session of Jesus. And to do that, what do you do? You go back. And so at the very least, you, you look back to the previous chapter. And in this case, Matthew 24, um, there are several times where Jesus refers to the end times and His future return. One of the references in chapter 28, uh, sorry, chapter 24 is verse 42, and I encourage you to read Matthew 24 on your own time in light of this teaching today. But chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 42, Jesus said that we must keep watch, keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. And, and there was Jesus with the disciples teaching about that time when he would return. Jesus had not yet completed his mission on earth when he spoke these words, but, it, but it's important for him to be giving his followers a heads up about his future second coming. It was an important topic then, and it's an important topic now. His simple point in that whole, in that whole discussion is you do not want to be unprepared for my second coming, as Jesus would have said it, because then your eternity is at stake, and, and eternity is a long time. You, you don't want to mess with it. It's big stuff. And then we get into Matthew 25, and just before uh, we get to the parable in verse 14 of this chapter, there's a story that Jesus tells, again, along the same theme and for a similar purpose of the ten 
bridesmaids uh, that intended to remind us about the importance of being prepared again for the Lord's return. And so this is some of the, the serious stuff that Jesus is talking about with his disciples. And he wants us to hear as well because, he, again, as I said, eternity is a very long time. And I urge you not to mess with it. If you're in a place in relation to God and you understand enough to know He wants you to follow Him and serve Him and yet for, for whatever reason you're, you're holding back that full surrender of your life to Christ. Especially if you've grown up in church hearing the gospel, hearing the good news, hearing the message. You know. You believe in, in, well, you believe in your mind. Yes, there's an eternity and I, I know I need to be prepared but sometimes people, uh, and I had a, I would say a, a season like this in my grade 12 year, actually, where I, I, I just put it off. That recommitment to Christ that I knew I need, needed to make. Serious, serious stuff. We're never sure. The Bible says we're never sure that we have tomorrow. So let's get ready for the most important thing today, and that's spending our eternity with God. you grew up in church like I did, you, you likely heard messages about the, the imminent, is the word, the imminent return of Christ, simply meaning that Jesus could return at any moment. And I absolutely believe that to be true. And we need to continue to hear those messages today, for sure. But, you know, back, at, back in the day, whatever that means, back in the day, uh, there, there were even movies made with titles like left behind, that struck fear into the heart of a little kid like me. And um, some, some of you may have had a, a similar experience as I did when I was a kid of about nine or ten years old, thinking that you had been left behind. Like Pastor John actually shared in his good message back on, July, on June 11th, he talked about this a little bit. This picture here is what I looked like when it happened to me. Uh, I'm not sure why I decided to show you that, so quick, next screen, next slide. Thanks, Dave. Uh, but I remember coming home to that house that actually my, my dad built in Kamloops. Came home from school one day into that house, and it was quiet. It was empty, except for the sound of, of something uh, cooking on the stovetop on, on low heat, I assume. I soon realized that I, I was indeed alone in the house. Mom? I walked down the hall. Mom? A little louder. Went down to the basement, laundry room. Mom? Oh my goodness, I got to call Grandma. Because if she's here, I'm good. I, I don't know. I, I think I was about to dial Grandma, who lived in Penticton. And mom came through the door, had gone over to the neighbors to, I don't know, borrow a cup of sugar or whatever it was. And, oh, how do you spell relief? <laughs> that moment. Well, funny, not funny, <laughs> right? Well, in Matthew 25, 14 to 30, Jesus tells a story to illustrate how we are to live until he returns and how he wants us to use the, the gifts and the opportunities that he gives us to influence others for Christ. So that, so why? So that more and more people can be prepared for his return. And thus, heaven will be more populated. 
Listen as I read this whole parable from Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he, who had received one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you... It sounds like justification here, doesn't it? Where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And, and cast the, the unprofitable, Jesus, in this story, the man's giving direction of what should happen, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a happy ending, at least for that individual. And so let's walk through some of the teaching points of this parable. First of all, it's clear that the master of this parable represents Jesus, who will return one day for his followers. The man's going on a journey. We're not told where. Probably doesn't really even matter. But we know that Jesus was well aware that he was soon going away. As he stood there that day with his disciples physically here, God incarnate, God in human flesh, he knew that the cross was ahead of him, that the resurrection on the other side of the crucifixion was going to be happening. And then on the other side of that, his ascension or his miraculous return to the place from where he had come back to his Father in heaven. But he also knew that there would be a time when he would return from heaven to take all of his followers to be with him forever. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. 
Our, our, our finite human brains, mine at least, can't, can't comprehend that and how incredible it, it, it seems and, and will be. And yet when you know God as God, he created everything we see. He's able to do anything. So Jesus was wanting his disciples to be prepared so that they would rise in that last day and be taken by the supernatural power of God to be with him forever in the, the, the new earth and the new heaven that the Bible talks about that he will create. The man in this parable is a man who has resources to give. So does Jesus. Verse 14 says that he delivered his goods to them. And while he is away, he wants his resources to be used and, and multiplied by his servants. And so again, this man represents Jesus who, will, who, who while he is away physically from his disciples, from us, also wants us to share and to multiply what he's deposited in our lives by us investing it in others along our journey as we follow Jesus. What this man gave his servants is referred to as a talent, which, uh, you know, obviously something comes to mind quickly, and it can be specifically talents, but it's, it's something broader than that. In, in the ancient uh, world, this, this word uh, was actually a unit of weight that, that was used to measure precious metals. Which is why the New International Version specifically says that the master gave his servants bags of gold, is the translation there. And in this parable, what the master gave his servants is intended to be uh, illustrative of, of things of value that God entrusts to us in our everyday life to bring some kind of positive influence and positive result in the lives of others and, and, to, and to bring glory to God and to draw others to Him. Not to mention that our joy will be renewed as we, as we share His life and His message that we have experienced, as we share that with others in our world through the, through the, through the gifts and the opportunities that He gives us to share. Before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he said to his disciples in John 14, 3, If I go, and he knew he would, is the implication, I will prepare, I will go to prepare a place for you. And that's exactly what he's doing now. If I go, which I will, I'll prepare a place for you, and I will come back, he said in that verse, and take you to be with me, that you may be where I am. There it is again. What, a, what an awesome future that we have to look forward to. I mean, just think about that. It's phenomenal. Again, as I said already, just mind-blowing, really. Okay, so we're, we're waiting for that awesome future with Jesus. But in the time that Jesus is physically away from us, he expects us as his followers to, to, to continue the mission that he began on earth of, of, of showing and sharing his good news, his love, his grace. And just like the master in this parable, Jesus entrusts us with the responsibility of making his good news message of grace and forgiveness known to people in a broken and a spiritually lost world. 
In Luke's record of this parable of Jesus, Luke 19, verse 13, when the master prepares to go away, he gives out the talents. He says these important words. Uh, Luke references this, where, where Jesus said, until that time comes, occupy till I come. Some of you remember that phrase, occupy till I come. That's the phrase in the old King James Version. The new King James puts it, uh, do business till I come. God's business, of course, is the reference. We are to be about the Lord's, but occupied in his work of, again, showing and sharing the good news message of Jesus by sharing the gospel of Jesus, Matthew 28, by loving one another, John 13, by caring for the poor, the sick, the imprisoned, Matthew 25, by using our God-given gifts to serve others, 1 Peter 4.10. Two out of the three, as we read, two out of the three Servants invested what the master deposited in them, and their, their, their investment brought increase. Obvious influence out of that. It's not specified, but that's the point of that aspect of that story. Now, in the spiritual realm, we may not always see the increase, which can be frustrating at times. We want evidence that what we're doing is making a difference, right? Hmm. We need to remember that that is God's responsibility. The outcomes, the results in this results-driven society, that's a tough one for some of us. God is responsible for all of that. Paul, under the Spirit's direction, uh, as, as the whole Word of God is, is written by human, fallible authors, but directed by the Holy Spirit. So it's God's pure Word. Ah, using personalities as well, right? But Paul, under the Spirit's direction, reminds us uh, of, of this very thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 5 to 8, where he says, um, who then is Paul? Speaking of himself. Who, who then is Paul? And who is Paulus? But, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted the seed of the Word of God, right? Paul is saying, I planted, Apollos watered, but God, God gave the increase. Glory to Him. In other words, God is the one that makes it grow. Any effort that we put forward, any act of serving done with the right motive to honor God and inspire people to consider coming to Christ, God will be the one that brings the increase as He sees fit. That's a crucial reminder for, for any who are engaged in, in ministry and serving out of a heart to see people come to Christ. We're, we're, we're simply called to be faithful, and we must. And so this parable illustrates the truth that Jesus has entrusted us with, uh, with, with His choice of gifts talents, opportunities, and has commissioned us as his representatives in the world. A wise servant of Jesus will endeavor to be faithful with what the master has given them to manage. But more than just maintaining and protecting their master's investment, a good steward will find ways to put it to good use and, and, and see that influence grow or that investment grow. This uh, talent 
or, or investment given by the master to us can represent our, our time, our money, our gifts, our uh, abilities, our God-given personality, uh, various opportunities, all things that need to be viewed as given by the master with an awesome awareness or significant awareness that, that he wants to see them put to good use in our world for the advancement of his mission until he returns. And so with intentionality and, and uh, responsible care, we use what Jesus has given us and, and we invest it as we rely on the Holy Spirit to help us. I'm going to say it again. Show and share the good news message until he returns. So based on this parable... We understand that our Lord Jesus, when He returns, will ask us questions like, what did you do to share the joy of my gift of salvation that you received from me? How did that look in your life, to, to share that with others? What risks did you take in the loving investment in the lives of others as a representative of me in the world? Or questions like, how was it that you engaged in the adventure of sharing your faith with people in your sphere of influence? What's that look like for you? This is all part of it. He might ask, did you make deposits of compassion through practical caring deeds with hurting people? In other words, he's, he's asking, did your uh, professed personal faith in me actually make a difference in the lives of others? My friends, that's the source right there. That's the source of, of, of joy, uh, of vibrancy in our walk with Christ and growth in our Christian life and character. We're not growing that way if we're not engaged actively in the mission that Christ daily calls us to and lays out for us individually and collectively as a body. That's the investment that the story illustrates as it reminds us that Jesus will return one day and will ask His servants, you and I who know Christ, to, to give account for how we invested. Again, the time, the talents, the, 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 the resources, the, the joy that we have in our hearts and, and all the opportunities He initially invested in us. It won't be about comparing ourselves with others. Even though the, this parable... I, it kind of brings that out, different circumstances for, for different individuals, and, and that's what it is, and that's okay. That's God's uh, will to do, to do that. It won't be about comparing ourselves with others. It's too easy to fall into that comparison trap, isn't it? I'm sure many of you know it, as I do at times. You know, wow, I don't have what someone else has, so I can't be as effective in, in, in the work of Jesus. Or, or I don't have their ability. Wish I did. Then I could really make a difference. Or I don't have their level of wealth. Otherwise, I would start giving. Comparison. It's not what God calls us to. He calls us to be faithful with what He has given us. What we think we don't possess can keep us from investing what we have been given for the purposes of bringing hope 
the hope of Jesus to people in our world, in our neighborhood, in our families. And if that's our sad reality, you know, being stuck there in the comparison trap, we, we, we'll miss out on the, the commendation that the master gave the two faithful servants in this parable. To both of them, he said, as you heard already, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Don't, don't you want to hear those words? I look across this crowd and I don't know every single person, but I, I know that that is the desire of the vast majority of you in this place. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. But the one who did nothing with what the master had invested in him, that's, that's a whole other sad story. And we see in, in the parable eternal separation from the master as a result. And that's, that's the case. Not because, not because that last servant didn't uh, double or triple the investment, but it's the fact that he didn't care enough to even try to use the opportunities, the resources that the master had given him, which shows the absence of a genuine relationship with the master. And that's what results in eternal separation. That's what caused the reference to the tragic result of eternal separation from God in darkness, which, which describes the place where Jesus is not. And hell was never created for any one of us, but for Satan, Lucifer previously in heaven who fell and the angels that fell with him. Both of these outcomes should motivate us as Christ followers to become more intentional with the time, talents, opportunities that Jesus, the Master, gives us. As we close, I want to quote Lloyd Ogilvie from his book called The Auto... It's an, it's an older book. Uh, I don't know, probably 30 years old, but a, a great book about parables if you, if you want a, a, a good book to read. It's called The Autobiography of God. He says, I want to suggest that for us, the talents is the gift of the abundant life that Jesus entrusts to us. Just kind of, that, that sentence for me kind of brings all this together. He says, I want to suggest that for us, that the talents in this, in this parable is, is the gift of the abundant life that Jesus entrusts to us. So, huh, for us to share it, I've got to be living it. I've got to know what that, the words of Jesus, I've come to give you life and life to the full. Doesn't mean pain free. But when you're in pain, there's, there's, a, there's a loving Lord that wants to walk with you and carry you. Right? Abundant life. It's not a perfect life. Doesn't mean I'll never fail. That's why... This same master, Jesus, made sure that the little verse, 1 John 1, 9, was tucked away there in, in that little letter. If you, if you confess your sin, there's freedom and forgiveness. He's just and he's fair to forgive us from all our sin. Abundant life. I've got to be living it. 
And part of living it and sharing it is being honest that, hey, I don't have it all together, but I know that God has my life in his hands and he holds my eternity and there's a place awaiting my entrance. And I want you to be there with me, friend. Showing and sharing the abundant life. The talents in this story is, is the gift of the abundant life that Jesus entrusts to us, Ogilvy says, and, and ha has given us, those of us who have responded and received his gift of salvation and grace and forgiveness and, and eternal life. Ogilvy continues and says that as people have preached from this parable or written about it in commentaries over the years, that he, he says, I kind of alluded to this a little earlier, but he, he puts it this way, far too much has been made of the inequality of the endowment of the talents. In other words, you know, one servant getting five, one getting two, one getting one. That's, that, that's not the point of this story. Rather, it's what we are doing with what we've received no matter what it is that we've received? Are we using what the Master has given us in the way that He hoped we would? Or are we hiding it and, and, and letting opportunities be wasted because of fear or, or whatever keeps us from, from engaging with the mission of Jesus? And so the natural and obvious takeaway for us from this parable begins with honestly answering questions like, what do you do? What are you, what are you doing? What do you do with the talents, the time, the resources that Jesus the Master has entrusted you with to use for His glory and to draw others to Him? I didn't ask her permission, so I'm not going to say her name, obviously, but there's a, a lady in our church family who just... I know her heart is made available to God. To, I want to be used by you daily, however that looks, in the little things, in the little words, in the actions. And, and, and she, out of that heart that she's had, I know, for years, finds herself in a place of engaging with a family situation, a, a, a family that does not know Christ, in, in just a... A uniquely awesome way. And I just came to mind, so I didn't really think about how to convey this, but it's, it's so cool. God's using her to, 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 to draw these people to Christ. We're, we're praying. We're believing for that. We've prayed together. And it's, it's just... The, 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 the privilege to be used by God if you're just available. And some of you, many of you, I'm sure, have, have experienced that. This opportunity comes your way, and you lean in, and you, and you take a step. You're not sure you're responding or saying the right things, or, hey, I'm there quite often. But it's like I'm offering God my, my lips, my, my heart, my care, my actions, my money, my whatever it is, to just, just use, use me. I, I want to be one of those servants that takes what you've given me and, and shares it in my stumbling at times, failing, feeling like failure kind of way sometimes. It's amazing how God can use those circumstances 
to, 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 to reach people's hardened hearts. I've seen it. And I've seen it in many of you. Questions like, what do you do? What are you doing with the gift of abundant life in Christ that you've been graced with? One day our master, our Lord Jesus, will, yes, he will return. And he'll want to know what we've done with all that he's invested in us. Have we invested all that he's given us in order to see his kingdom increase? Or did we bury it and just kind of let the talents be wasted, the giftings be wasted, the money he gave us to bless others to be wasted, the, the opportunities be not engaged with all of that. And, and as a result, potentially miss out, missing out on the, the words of our Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I just think that'll be, and this isn't a, a guilt thing at all, but I just, it, from this story of Jesus, it's, it's going to happen where, where there's going to be brokenhearted people who realized that they're like that last servant and buried the talent and missed out on the words of commendation that again I believe every Christ follower in here as you think about it right now wants to hear from our Lord well done good and faithful servant that doesn't mean you lived it perfectly or got it all right but you, you, you were just available you were just available to serve at the door as a greeter, to use your tech skill, to go to your neighbor today who's struggling and just drop off a card to say, hey, thinking of you, praying for you, is there anything you need help with? Or whatever, you, you, you do this, many of you. But sometimes our busy life, and mine included, may seem strange to say that as a, as a pastor because it's so much people engagement, but for me, it can be, it, it can be, kind of work instead of God. What, what, what unique opportunities are there for me today? What a prayer for all of us to get up and pray every morning. I want to be like that servant who invested what you have put in my life. I want to be like that servant. And I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this challenge from your word that Jesus shared so many centuries ago, but is still so applicable to us. And may we, may we think and read this story through what our day will look like tomorrow. Yeah, with all the demands and responsibilities of work and being a faithful employee, but, but even that, God, help us to use all of that in every relationship, in every conversation, every situation, that we could filter it through this parable, through this story that you shared so long ago. Help us. Help us to invest and to share the joy and the abundant life that you've graced us with. His heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Christian, I'm going to ask you just to pray in this moment for those engaging online or for those in this place who do not know Christ yet. 
and you've not opened your heart to receive his gift of grace and forgiveness, to, to step into this relationship with God who created you, this relationship that is, is, is personal. He's a personal God. He's not just some kind of ethereal you know, fl force floating around. No, he's a personal God who created you and loves you and knows you and sees you and wants to walk with you through this life, as challenging as it is sometimes, and into the next one that is eternal and that we just can't even <laughs> comprehend, actually. But that's there for you today because of what Jesus did on the cross. And maybe you'd say, I, I want to I begin a relationship with God that way today. I'd like you just to raise your hand and look my direction. I'm going to include you in prayer as I close today. Is there anybody that is in that place where you're saying, that, that's a decision I want to make to be a Christ follower, to surrender my life to Jesus Christ today? Raise your hand and look my way. I'm not going to call you out, call you forward, nothing like that. I just want to include you in prayer this morning. Or if you're engaging online, there's opportunity there to, to connect and let us know that that's a desire of your heart to make that commitment today. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room knows you. And God, if they're not and they're still in the process of seeking answers, may they find those answers as they look to Jesus and his life and his miracles and his uh, sacrifice for them of his life and the power of his resurrection that brings us hope and eternal life. May they experience that by the surrender of their lives to you if they have not done that yet. As believers, we agree in this prayer together today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a QR code on the screen or was on the screen. We can put it back up again. If you did make that commitment and you want to communicate that to us, we would love to hear about that and uh, get you a Bible if you don't have one and just help you as you put down roots in a, in a new relationship with Christ.